Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to the third episode of the Birds from Freely podcast. Appreciate all you guys coming on here to listen. Uh, stay here for the whole entire episode. I'm sure you guys will love it. We have a little hot take bonus at the end. I think you guys will enjoy that. But uh, I'm here with my guy, Fresh Prince of Philly. What's up, guys? And today we'll be covering some current Eagles news, rumors and stuff. But more importantly, we'll address some big picture stuff, get into some more abstract questions because I feel the rumors are being drawn out a lot. And you hear the same thing over and over again. And we want to bring a little bit of originality. So I'll start by asking you, James, what makes Wentz so special and so different in your eyes? Uh, aside from his just like overall physicality and ability, I think what I love most about Wentz is his swagger. Like I always feel like when he's on the field that we can compete with any team. It doesn't matter how good they are. And also he gives me that vibe like that Aaron Rodgers and that Tom Brady vibe where we're never out of a game. It doesn't matter how much we're down by. I think he can still give us a chance to come back and win. So it's just that franchise quarterback like vibe you get from Wentz that I enjoy most about him. Yeah, I agree with that. There's like a certain level of professionalism when it comes to him. And I'm with you. His special traits or special physical traits are insane. He can throw the ball. He has a cannon. But what I love about him is, again, his willingness to win. And you saw it last year a little bit in New York against Washington, even at home against the Cowboys. He knows how to win, and he knows how to win games. And had he gotten up, like a couple of receivers that could have caught the ball, quite frankly, because Nelson Aguilar had two game uh, losing drops. Ortega Whiteside had another one. I think Goddard had one against the Lions as well. Like These are balls that they win games, and he could not have placed them any better. And it's just unfortunate that he dropped him. Like, even against the Falcons, remember that? It was like fourth and forever, and he threw yeah. it perfectly to Aguilar. He lobbed that up there. Yeah, I, I don't understand the criticism, like, on Wentz about being a selfish player. He never seemed to get negative on his receivers last year when they were dropping passes that were perfectly placed. Yeah, and I mean, how I don't know how he did it. Because if I'm receiving all this criticism, and, like, look at the film. My guy's dropping the ball. It's not my fault. It, it takes a certain level of composure. To like move past that, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he seems like a stand-up guy that really just doesn't want to have any turmoil in the locker room. Right. And I really I appreciate that from a franchise quarterback. Yeah, and I think it's it's important that like Brady is so great because he can win games. You know, Philip Rivers isn't great because he can't win games. I think skill can take you so far, but there's a point where you need that edge, you need that X factor. And from what I've seen so far, Wentz is giving me that. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. Like, the intensity he has is definitely, like, next level. The one thing that I would love to see more from Wentz is that he gets in other people's faces. Like, he tries to fire up his teammates Uh more. Yeah, and I think the the departure of Malcolm Jenkins will certainly help him have that, uh, like, he'll have the platform to -hmm. do so because the locker room is going to be wide open and there's not many veterans on the team. I guess Jeffrey could count at one, but he's certainly not going to be there much longer he's he's not really into that locker room anymore I think Wentz is going to have his time to stand up and just show his guys that he wants to win he is their leader yeah and I think it's a bit of a stretch to predict this but I think that's why they let go of Malcolm Jenkins they want other players like Wentz to fit into that role yeah it's you brought that up before it's an interesting point and I think you definitely have a point because we're kind of turning over a new leaf 
from this Super Bowl, when we won our Super Bowl, that team, you can see there's not many people on that roster. It's only the very young and very talented people that are still on the roster. So I think we're trying to build Wentz's team, right? Because I think the argument from the Super Bowl standpoint was this is still Fools' team, and now we're getting rid of some of the guys, and we're, like, turning a new leaf onto Wentz's era. Yeah, which I think is it's going to be beneficial for Wentz. Yeah, and if we had a receiver in there, it won't hurt. And to segue into our next segment, we're talking about so there's all these rumors we want to trade up, we want Jefferson, we want Ruggs, we want Lamb. And what we are saying is that do you think Eagles fans are too infatuated with getting a high-quality receiver? Because if you look around the league, there's a lot of good receivers on bad teams. Perfect example, just last year, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans. There's a lot of these scenarios where a lot of good receivers are on bad teams, and inversely, it's kind of like the same standard. A lot of the good teams don't have insanely good receivers as well. Yeah, I think, like, I was, I don't know when this was brought to my attention. It was a few days ago. But if you look at all the really big-name receivers, like Julio Jones, Odell Beckham, A.J. Green, Mike Evans, uh, Michael Thomas, I know Julio made it to the Super Bowl. But if you think about it, the past decade, they you don't see a lot of big-name wide receivers, like game-changers, winning the Super Bowl. It's just not heard of like it used to be when like Jerry Rice was back in the day. It, it, it like It really caught my eye if you – look at it it's more you get these franchise quarterbacks and these hall of famer quarterbacks that are winning these big games not the receivers it's more of you need to build around a quarterback instead of getting a star stud receiver and build around him it's the other way around so yeah i thought that was interesting when i was looking at like the past 10 like super bowl teams and they're winning you're not gonna find a lot of really big name receivers on there yeah, and exactly, and I'd make that argument for the 49ers. The way they built their team is it's very interesting, and obviously the Chiefs have Tyreek Hill and Mahomes. I think Mahomes brings the best out of Tyreek Hill more than the other way around. I think Mahomes can make any receiver great, but if you look at the way the 49ers built their team, they have I, I think that they have a franchise quarterback. We'll argue whether he's really that good or not, but they built from the defensive line point of view, and like another great team that this year, the Titans. Who was their top wide receiver? A.J. Brown had a good year, but he's certainly not in a top 10 receiver um, argument. And yeah, it's just rookie, yeah. He's, yeah. And it's like raising the question, yeah, it's a passing league, but like if we need quarterbacks that can make any receiver look insanely well. And I think Wentz did ex- that exact same thing with the practice squad guys, namely Greg Ward. Yeah, he was able to elevate the those players a lot better than most quarterbacks would be able to. And we're not saying, like, let's not upgrade at the position. Obviously, we want them to upgrade at the position in the draft. But there's so much, uh, like, hype that's going into them trading up and getting a C.D. Lamb or a Jerry Judy or um, a Henry Ruggs. But that's not what it takes to win a Super Bowl. It takes a great supporting cast around these core players to win. Yeah, and just just a point, I I just was curious, uh, looking at how many receivers are going to be taken in the first round, and I did some research on some of the best receivers in the league. Michael Thomas, taken 47th overall, Chris Godwin was taken 84th, and Tyreek Hill was taken 165th. And from this, I was able to take out Chris Godwin, maybe a little outlier, because Bruce Arians' offense, Seamus Winston, they throw the ball a lot. We'll see it more with Tom Brady. But Michael Thomas has Drew Brees, Hill has Mahomes, and there's just a pattern 
there's a lot of good receivers, but they're good because of their quarterback. Yeah, look how uh, late DK Metcalf went. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I think, yeah, we should take it in the first round. We'll say it before. We'll set it before. We'll say it again. That's our number one need. And there's no point just to ignore that. But it's just an interesting food for thought that receiver is important, but I think quarterback play is more important. Yeah, I'm not saying that we shouldn't take a receiver in the first round because I want them to, obviously. I'm just saying there's not really a point to mortgage a lot of your future to get one of those top guys. I think you can still succeed with one of the guys that's, you know, farther back in the draft. Yeah, and there's a lot of, you look back in NFL history, there's a lot of, well, you, you look at the or the Bears, what they did, trading up a lot of capital to get Mitch Trubisky, that didn't end up well for them. It, it, there's a lot of risk involved when you trade up a lot of picks to get that one guy when you could have stayed where you were. And I think in our, Jeff, in our um, situation, you look at Lamb, you look at Jefferson, all these guys, they performed very well in college. And it's physical traits which separates them. But physical traits don't necessarily always translate to NFL success. I think it's more of a feel for the game that you see in college. And looking at our wide receivers, I think Jefferson fits that like feel for the game, knows how to get open, knows a pro offense. It's kind of a prototype. Yeah, he's a very consistent player. Yeah. I think we'll we'll eventually take him at 21. I don't think we'll trade up. I really don't hope we trade up. I yeah, really like him. I hope team. we take him. I would be very comfortable having him in the offense, and I think he'll work well together with Wentz. But even what you were saying about the, you know, giving up a lot of picks to move up in the draft, we did the same thing with Wentz. I mean, luckily we we had it pay off. Point. But I remember a lot of fans were worried from the start because he went to North Dakota, and that wasn't a really big school at the time. They didn't know if he was going to translate into the NFL or not. So it is always a hit and miss. That's a very good point. And thinking about it, who trades up all that capital for a guy out of North Dakota, right? Like, there is some risk involved. And sometimes that risk can give us a franchise quarterback. I think it's important that you said that. Mm -hmm. And moving on to the next question, we'll see, are we done till the draft? And this means free agency moves, trades. And now in my eyes, I think we're going to, try to pry away a receiver from mm-hmm. another team for a cheap price we'll see Russell Douglas is on the market I think cornerback is a position all of a sudden we have a surplus at and they're not necessarily talented players but they can be a cornerback too on a good team so I think we'll try to shop that around see what we can get but as far as big moves go I think we're done maybe we'll grab maybe we'll grab Dante Pettis I don't think the Cook trade will happen that's where I'm at yeah I don't want the Cooks trade to happen either yeah um yeah, okay, so the last week I was off on this bandwagon, but I just jumped back on today. I think the Eagles are in the works right now of getting Yannick. Mm-hmm. I really strongly feel like that. I, I don't know if you saw this, but like around an hour ago, one of the top Eagles pages on Twitter like tweeted out, and they said, waiting for the Eagles to sign Yannick, and Josina Anderson quoted it, and she typed dot, dot, dot. On it. Oh man, and she's the one who broke the uh, the Darius Slay news, right? Exactly. So I feel like there is really something in there in the works. I don't think it's him trolling us anymore. I think the Eagles are going to find a way to pull it off. So I see them getting that move done before the draft. And I think that um, when Yannick is in a situation where he has all the leverage and he has the potential to hold out from a team that is not does not have a lot of success, 
as far as their fans go, they're not very popular amongst their fans because of some of the moves they made letting Kalias Campbell go. Mm-hmm. So they're in a they're in a situation where they kind of have to make a move, and they have a player who, thankfully for us, has been extremely vocal about wanting to come to Philadelphia. Yes. Yeah, he's been like kind of too vocal. It's making me. <laughs> it's been like a tease for us. Mm-hmm. But I, I think that's the best thing in our case, though, is you, you, like you said, he has a lot of leverage to pick where he wants to go, and luckily, he wants to come here. It's just a matter of how much is it going to take to get him away from Jacksonville. Yeah, and I, I saw a couple uh, simulated trades where we thrown Russell Douglas, couple a couple future picks, and we trade the 21st pick or 21st pick and get the ninth pick, uh, pick back. I, I think. If we could somehow get the ninth pick in a deal, it, w- it would be unbelievable. It's unlikely. Yeah. Dream come true, but yeah. Yeah. I, I was, we'll see how that goes. Again, us being in the position of leverage is so beneficial to us in terms of getting a deal that's team-friendly. And Because at the end of the day, he is making $20 million, and he does deserve it. He's a very good defensive end. Mm-hmm. But you don't want to give up too much because it, it's like you have to trade for him, and you're taking on the contract. Yeah, so, that's one thing that worries me is paying him big money um, after we get him here. And also, yeah. where is our defensive line going to fit in this? Are you going to trade away Barnett with him? Or is he going to be the predecessor to Brandon Graham after Brandon Graham's gone? Yeah, that's a, that's a great point. Because you've seen uh, Barnett in rumors, I think, like a month ago. He's been in some rumors, him and Rasul both. So you think, okay, uh, maybe they want to work out a Barnett and Gakwe, and you work out some other factors as well, but you get that deal set in stone. There's a lot of there's a lot of things that could go on in this, but again, it's important that we're in the driver's seat here. We control it, and he wants to come here. I think that's the main narrative we'll see throughout this. Yeah, and uh, one other thing that I've been seeing a lot on these Eagles pages, Twitters, is the comparison between Derek Barnett and Yannick. Oh, they're uncomparable. It, there's no question. Yannick is... The far more dominant player. I know that Yannick had a down year last year, and Barnett had his best year sack-wise, but they are two complete different players. One is a game changer, and Derek Barnett at best can be a very uh, he could be a good defense alignment for you. But Yannick is such a game changer. There, there should be no comparison. Yannick's a lot better. Yeah, and it was also impressive to me. I'm gonna look this up right now. Yannick is not old. He's a lot younger than I thought he was. He's 25. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's really young, and he's has, he has 37 sacks so far. Jeez. That's unbelievable. unbelievable. Wow. And I think he was uh, shattered in his time in Jacksonville by Josh Allen. They wanted to get him involved last year, Clays Campbell. They wanted to get him involved as well. And the Jaguars like Josh Allen, what they saw from him, so they're going to be more likely to get rid of these guys. But the fact that he's 25 years old, to me, is it's insane because – I'm going to look up how old Derek Barnett is now. He can't be much older or much younger than that. 23, 24, something like that. But yeah. the, the thing is, is Jacksonville was down a lot. So teams are running the ball to run out the clock. That's a great point. So Yannick didn't really get a chance to rush the passer a lot. Yeah, the, there's a double whammy there. They were down. He's splitting reps between Calais and Allen. And that's a very good point. I didn't even take into consideration. And that's like the argument that stats don't lie, but sometimes they can be a little skewed, you know? Like, yeah, Barnett exactly. obviously didn't have a great year last year, but he still had a similar amount of sacks to Yannick, and it's just, it's not the same. Yeah, Barnett had 6.5, and Yannick had 8, and it, exactly, like, stats don't lie, but you also have to watch the game and take into yeah. consideration the other factors that are going on. 
Yeah. And football is such like a layered sport more than anything else. Like baseball, yeah, you get there, you hit, and there's a couple other factors. But football, there's a million things that influence just one snap of the ball. That's why the game's so beautiful, but that's why some of these like anomalies happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it is really frustrating trying to like discuss people about it because there's so many layers that some people don't see. Right. But also at the same thing, that's what I love about the sport. Exactly. All right, now pivoting to some rumors. We have to address some rumors. Just here, say what we want about it a little bit. Brandon Cooks has been in consideration. Uh, Peter King, he's addressed this saying there's a couple teams that he thinks uh, should take a crack at the Brandon Cooks trade. One of them was the Packers, and another one was, of course, the Eagles. His mock trade was the 53rd pick. And I just want to know, surface level, what's what's your thoughts about this? I think it's just adding more fuel to the fire that we already have as a problem of like receivers being healthy. Um, I, and he's one big hit away from, I think, from having his career ended. Yeah. If you want to get a wide receiver that's one-dimensional like he is, you draft a K.J. Hamler, somebody that's young that you can develop to be kind of the next Deshaun Jackson. I just really don't like the move of bringing Brandon Cooks here unless it's a really, really low trade, like a sixth or seventh round pick, then I'll be okay with it. But at, at this point in his career, he can't go over the middle anymore. He's just there to stretch the field out. And, and there's not much you can do with him after that. I mean, what, what he's going to give you, one or two good years left? Yeah. And we saw it in the Super Bowl. Malcolm Jenkins hit that. He lit that man yeah. up. I and think I think his whole career. Yeah, and last year I think he had another concussion too. And he's 26, which sucks for him because he had such a he had such potential coming into this league. Mm-hmm. But you look at him; it's our second round pick. Going over the details on his contract, he's set to make 12, 13, and 14 million in the next coming years until 2023. There's a potential out in 2021. But you look at a guy who he, when he's healthy, he can be a game changer. But he has not been healthy. It seems every single year there's another issue, there's another issue. And in a locker room where we have Deshaun Jackson and Alshon Jeffrey, injuries are a big issue, and he's getting older. Even though he's 26, like his body is speeding up the process. And again, we can build with the draft in this wide receiver-loaded draft. Like There's no need to go out of our way and trade our second-round pick, which is pretty valuable, especially in the NFL, just for an, an average receiver who's dwindling out soon. Yeah, and like you said, it is really sad because he was a pretty good receiver in the Saints offense. And then just to see him bounce from team to team these past few years because of his injuries, it's a, yeah. it's a shame because he is only 26. Yeah. Yeah. All right, now pivoting to another <laughs> injury-prone receiver. <laughs> I hate to do it like that, but talking about Alshon Jeffrey a little bit. Uh, J- Davis Badero, an Eagles insider, he said that uh, there's – an increasingly likely possibility that the Eagles remain with Deshaun Jackson and Alshon Jeffrey. Now, the Deshaun Jackson part is really no shock, fan favorite. He played very well when healthy last year. Granted, it was one game. But we're excited to see what he can do. And now the Alshon Jeffrey um, rumors, it's it's kind of unsettling to me because, honestly, I want him out of Philadelphia. I don't know how you feel. Yeah, I mean, I'm not a fan of him coming back here, but also I'm not terribly concerned about it i think like you said davis Badero kind of just put a rest to all of these rumors about alshon being traded or alshon being cut i think the eagles uh, can see that deshaun and alshon can probably benefit to teach these young guys things and also it's just way too much trouble to get rid of him right now nobody's going to take on his contract nobody can see him run right now so they don't know if he's healthy or 
or not. And also the just it's too much money just to cut him. It's a lot of dead money. So why don't you just keep him here for a year? If he's a problem, you get rid of him the following year. If not, you know, great. He gives you one more productive year. But it, it, it's not much you can do in the Eagles standpoint. Yeah, and I think there's a very large possibility that this entire Deuce Badero, what he said, and these rumors are entirely a smokescreen. And I'll explain why. Uh, Dave Spadaro is an Eagles insider. He's sponsored by the team. Like, his articles are on the actual Philadelphia Eagles uh, website. Like, he has, he has very close ties with the team. And then that would make you believe, okay, well, then he knows what's going on and how they want Alshon to stay. But it could also mean the, in fact, opposite, that the Eagles are feeding him these rumors to try to portray Alshon in a better light because, obviously, you're not going to say you want to get rid of him. It, it's the best way to leak information. It's the best way to paint a good picture of him. Mm-hmm. And and not a bad picture. Like, we don't want him. We want to trade him. It, it, obviously, I, I think during this time period, you have to take every rumor you you um see on Instagram or on Twitter with a grain of salt. Because this is prime smokescreen season. Anything and everything teams say could be entirely true or entirely false. And just going back, this is just an example of this that I saw earlier in the year. There's a uh, press conference with Doug Peterson, and he said Mike Rowe was great. He's here to stay. And then the next day he gets fired. The NFL is a business. And yeah. it, there's a lot of lies that go around just for the benefit of the team. So every rumor should be taken with a grain of salt. And maybe this could be 100% true. Maybe we do end up with Alshon next year. It's it just every every rumor you see, it has two sides to it. Yeah, and I think it's a good point that you mentioned that. Like, you know, somebody can say one thing and then the next day something completely opposite happens. But... The only reason I would think Alshon would stay here is just because they don't want that repeating problem of last year of not having enough bodies on the field. And, you know, Alshon's just an extra guy that you can put out there in case somebody gets injured. Yeah, and it, it also is kind of a sign as to, because there's been a lot of rumors that we'll double up on receiver, or not rumors, just mock drafts, where we'll take two receivers. And it, they seemed very high on J.J. Ortega Whiteside, as they should be. I think he's here to stay, and I, I doubt they double up on receiver. I think they take that first round, maybe second round, but most likely first round receiver, and then move on and try to build internally. Yeah, they're pretty high on the people they have in there right now in the receiver room. Uh, everybody wonders why, and it, it kind of questions me also, but if you think about it, things can't get as worse as they did last year, so yeah. it's going to be a lot better than what we had to deal with. Yeah. And it's also great to look at that. You're right, it can't be worse than last year. But look at last year. We took a ragtag, a ragtag group of wide receivers. Nine and seven is okay, but we made the playoffs. And with Wentz there, anything can happen. Yeah, yeah. I, he's the one quarterback that I can believe that can elevate those type of receivers. Right, and uh, for sure, Ertz and Goddard definitely help. Hopefully Jackson can stay healthy. I think Jackson could be... It, Again, it's always going to be an asterisk next to his name, if healthy. But when he is capable and able to run as fast as he can run, he is an unbelievable game changer. Yeah, our offense is 10 times different from when he's on the field to when he's off the field. Yeah, like fireworks week one. I was at that game. It was unbelievable. Just oh, seeing, really? yeah, no, nah, it, it was it was crazy. The environment that he brought when he came out the tunnel. And I was like, all right, we're down 17 nothing. Let's see how it goes. And then just... Just two bombs right back to back to exactly. Deshaun. That's so, crazy. So quick how he can change the game around. Yeah. Fun fact, I actually missed the first uh, 
first touchdown. I was really pissed off, so I went and got some food. And then I'm getting some food, and then I hear a cheer. I was like, ah. Oh, man. It was terrible. It was terrible. like third and 11, too, so yeah. <laughs> unexpected. And then I come back, and then everyone's just laughing. It was it was terrible, but still, we got back on that. We won that game. Didn't really expect us to win that game, I'll be honest. I was down in the dumps, but then I saw what Wentz could do. Yeah, it was a, it was a weird start. Mm-hmm. It, it really defined the entire season, how yeah. that season would go. It really did. That Vernon Davis uh, oh my through, God. Uh, that was oh my very God. frustrating to watch. <laughs> All right. Now, shifting gears, we're going to talk about another fan favorite uh, instead of Sean Jackson. This one is uh, LaShawn McCoy. Personally, we'll get into this a little later, uh, but he is my favorite eagle of all time. Just seeing what he could do back in the Chip Kelly, back in the Andy Reid days. Uh, I I played football too. I, I emulated my game after him when I was running back. It was just seeing what he could do was just unbelievable, and it was just jaw jaw dropping. So I'll ask you this: Do you want Shady back? Do you think we'll get Shady back? What are your the, thoughts? On Shady? The emotional side of me definitely wants him back, but the realistic side of me thinks that it's not going to happen. Even though we need a third running back, because I don't think Elijah Holyfield is going to be our third running back. But he's just not the, like, Jordan Howard type that can run between the tackles. He never really was that kind of back, and we already have two backs that are similar to Shady in the fact that they catch the ball out of the backfield and they're shifty. I I just don't think that the Eagles necessarily need him right now, even though I would love to see it. He's one of my favorite players of all time. I was at the snow game where he ran oh, wild for over 200 oh, yards. my yeah. all-time favorite game of him. Yeah, one, it was one of the best memories of my lifetime. But I just it, it kills me to say this. I just don't think he's going to be able to come back. Yeah, I'm I'm on the flip side. And this is, <laughs> granted, this is 100% my bias. I love that guy. But if you look at our running back room it's, and just really our offense, it's just a young room. And he's a fan favorite. And more importantly, he's a rot- locker room favorite. And he has mm-hmm. a lot of respect around the league. And certainly among Miles Sanders and Boston Scott. So if you bring him in, and even if he's a healthy scratch a couple of the games, because we saw him in the Super Bowl be a healthy scratch as well, he's not the same as he used to be. But I think if you bring him into that organization which he loves so much, and just let him just just talk to the young guys a bit, like develop a, another relationship with Deuce Daly. Those two can be two running back coaches for our young guys. And I think we have to. Uh, address the fact that we're rebooting the locker room a little bit and we want Wentz to take the reins but it doesn't hurt to have another like veteran locker room character uh in there with the guys yeah I think it would be very beneficial it would not surprise me at all I think it would be a very good move I I just like I don't know I'm just iffy about it I don't see it really happening Mm -hmm. and again it's it's another scenario where we have the leverage because well one we just have to sign him but like he posts on Instagram, Philadelphia equals home. Deshaun wants him here. Like, mm-hmm. I think it's a great thing that we're in Philadelphia, and Philadelphia is such a respected city. Everyone loves the city, and so people want to come play for us. Yeah, exactly. It's not going to cost a lot of money to bring him here at all. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So I addressed this. Uh, he's my all-time favorite Eagle. Now I'm going to ask you, just, just who's your favorite all-time Eagle? Oh, that's a good one. Um. Favorite all-time Eagle? Brian Westbrook, I think, yeah. Deshaun is a very close second, but when I started watching football, it was right when Brian Westbrook was starting to play. He was, uh, I think he was in his second year when I started watching. 
and just over the years i just saw him get better and better and he was never that kind of like showboat guy that danced in the end zone and i just really respected that and i admired myself to be like him just to work hard do your job and then like on to the next play when i played football so i i just thought he was a very underrated player and he just fit the embodiment of philadelphia really well i i i love that you said that too and I mean, that pun return against the Giants, that would go down as the miracle at the Meadowlands before the miracle at the Meadowlands. It, it was just awesome mm-hmm. to see him do that. All right, and now we have a little bit of, spec- a little bit of a special segment here today. We're going to be talking about some of our hot takes, what we think will happen. And now these are 100%. It's, we're not just doing this for the, for the headlines. We're not just doing this for this. We truly believe this stuff will happen. So I'll get it up to you first. Let me hear your hot take. Okay, my hot take is that despite what Howie Roseman said in the combine where he told us that we're looking more to build a team two, three years down the road, I think a lot of people took that the wrong way as in how he's not trying to win. But I think that the Eagles are definitely looking to compete this year despite what everyone thinks. It's just because he's taking a different approach to free agency. He's not signing these older players to one-year deals anymore. He wants to bring in guys that are younger that he can have here for the next two, three years. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a great move, and I think those young group of players are going to mesh well together. Maybe we're not going to win a Super Bowl next year, but I think it's going to build us up even better for the upcoming years. And it's just too overblown that the fact that you think Howie's throwing away next season. No, we're definitely there to compete. We're definitely there to try to win the division and make the playoffs. Yeah, and this is, I think, uh, two years ago when um, Nick, well, not Nick Foles, when Harry Roseman traded for Gordon Tate, he said something that I loved. He said, we won a Super Bowl, we're not satisfied, and the window for winning is very slim in the NFL. And I loved how he said that, and I think he's he's noticed that the route that this team, like the, the guys in this ro- locker room, especially Carson Wentz, are capable of winning another Super Bowl. So what he's doing is he's bringing in, and it's just been fantastic how he's managed to do this. He's bringing in young guys who are also kind of proven mm-hmm. and, and like, can really help the locker room as well. Like, Darius Slay is 29 years old. He's just about in his prime, maybe exiting his prime right now. But he can still play some great football and be with our team, most importantly, for a couple years to come. Exactly. I, other than the receiver position, you can't, like, I don't get how people can tell me that Howie Roseman didn't build a great team overall. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, like especially with the old line in the trenches, man. Like he put some great players in there to protect Wentz and just to try to protect the the weaknesses or the injuries rather in our secondary. Yeah, definitely. And now my hot take. Now we're all we're all interested in fantasy football. I'm sure you play. I play myself. Mm-hmm. And I think an Eagle next year will be the best at his position, and not Carson Wentz. I think Miles Sanders will be the best running back in PPR fantasy football next year. He's been working out with Saquon in the offseason a little bit. And I think last year, when he was behind Jordan Howard, he didn't get as many carries, as many opportunities as he deserved. Granted, he was a rookie, but Jordan Howard there took into some of his carries. And when Howard got hurt, it was unfortunate, but it was the best thing that could have happened to Sanders at that time. And he just completely took off. And this O-line is only getting better. We're going to see how Dillard plays. I'm confident in Dillard, though. But in a full season as a running back one for the Philadelphia Eagles, I think Miles Sanders will be the best running back in PPR fantasy football. 
I like this a lot. Like, I really like that you said that because a lot of people don't understand that Jordan Howard did play a majority of the snaps last yeah. year. And yeah. though it took, like, Miles Sanders a little bit to get comfortable with the offense, towards the end of the year, he really hit strong. And I don't think he's going to lead the league in rushing, but he's such a dual threat catching the ball as well. I could see him having, like, 1,100 yards rushing and, like, 600 yards receiving, something crazy like that. Yeah, I mean, even when Jordan Howard was getting all the, the rushing attention, he somehow found a way to get himself involved in the game as a receiver. Like, against the Lions, he was one of our best receivers that game, which is crazy. Like, mm-hmm. he's just a baller who knows how to get in, like, open space in one-on-one situations. He has speed. He has agility. He can run someone over if he needs. So I think he's really is the best running back we've seen since Shady. Yeah, in he's Florida. all around great. And that he, that wheel route he ran last year was unstoppable. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and it, it's it's gonna be cool because he definitely benefits from some of the tight ends in the middle because those linebackers. First off, if you're a linebacker or safety playing the Philadelphia Eagles, I'm sorry, because you have to keep your eyes on Zach Ertz and Goddard and also Myers Sanders and Boston Scott in the backfield. It's just so much to handle. There's like a quickness between, or there's a, uh, there's a combination of quickness and size as well. It's just a very tough task. Yeah, you really got to pick your poison through the middle with those two, and then you got the backfield. I'm, I'm really excited to see what Boston Scott's role is going to be because he mm-hmm. really played well towards the end of the season. Yeah, and we'll see if he's eh, like Myers Sanders can obviously receive the ball very well, but so can Boston Scott. So we'll see if. Uh, Boston Scott plays like these thirds down, these third down more, but I think Miles Sanders has proved to be a three down back. So it, it's just it, it's interesting to see how Boston Scott will fit into the situation. And then looking one step further than that, it's interesting to see how if Lashawn McCoy was to potentially come here, how he would fit in here. <laughs> so that's a lot of star power, yeah. Yeah, right. And it's just there's not enough. Uh, there's not enough handoffs to go around. There's not enough receptions to go around. I think we got a little bit of a glimpse of that last year with uh, Jordan Howard and Miles Sanders. And yeah, it was good and all, but Miles Sanders couldn't develop completely. There's just a lot of mouths to feed in mm-hmm. that backfield. Yeah, and I think that's the one thing that throws me off with McCoy. Is it's just yeah. too too much of a load to go around that you're not going to give him many chances. That's why they don't sign him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, Boston Scott, I think he's a fan favorite. What he did last year was phenomenal coming in as a little change of pace guy. And Miles Sanders was battling a couple injuries, nothing major. What he did last year, I think, was unforgettable, especially against the Giants. That little spin move he had. Yeah, <laughs> that was I iconic. Saw it coming, especially yeah. from a guy like him. I, I've never, like, I know he was on the Saints practice squad, but mm-hmm. I, I was not shocked that Miles Sanders kind of broke out. But him, I was like, Yeah, who's Boston Scott? Where, yeah. where did he come from? Yeah, right. And he really embodies, like you said with Westbrook, he said that, like the Philadelphia spirit, him and Greg Ward, like these guys didn't get their shot at all. They were just stuck on the practice squad. But they got their shot, and they made it count, and they're going to be here next year. And hopefully, for our sake, for the Eagles' sake, and for their sake, they're here for years to come. Because I think they can offer such a great kind of grittiness that that Philadelphia offers. Yeah, I love that they want to play. They're not the most talented out on the field, but they want to be out there and they want to make plays. So that's what I love most about them. Right. All right, everyone. It's just about time to wrap it up. We appreciate all you guys coming out here. It, we've. I, I can't reiterate enough how much like we love you guys and listening to this and getting some messages. It's just awesome. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I enjoyed a lot. Thank you, everybody. And make sure you stay healthy. Wash your hands. <laughs> yeah, be safe. It's it's getting crazy out there. Stay inside and listen to the Birds from Philly podcast. <laughs> All right. We love you guys. Peace out. Uh, uh, shoot.